All right, world, back with another episode of In Real Life Podcast. Today we got a special guest. I left that old lady at the house, brought my cousin out today. <laughs> I don't know his name, his rap name, his government name, whatever name you want to be known by, so I'm going to leave that up to him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm just tired. I'm just, yeah, just going to go by Ty today. <laughs> Today we're gonna talk about the fucking '90s rap. When motherfuckers started listening to rap in the '90s. '90s rap. Oh, also, in 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 spirit of '90s rap, I would like to say rest in peace to MF Doom. Um, one of the one of the best underground lyricists ever. So, let's go. Yeah, you're gonna say rest in peace to Doom. You're gonna have to say rest in peace to Pac. You're gonna have to say rest in peace to a lot of them. I mean, but you know, that's that's I'm Doom just died. Yeah. <laughs> a couple yeah. months ago, so that's, I'm just saying that. But of course, of course, obviously, rest in peace to all the legends, man, from from that era. Yeah, Halloween won't be the same no more. You say he passed away on Halloween. On right? Halloween, bro, I know. Crazy. Yeah, he was crazy. The mask, mask, metal face, doom. But yeah, all right. What you want to talk about, bro? What year are you talking about rap? Like in the nineties? Um, shit, I was first one. rap in the eighties, bro. But. I mean, I guess I really heavily got into it in the 90s. Um, probably the most memorable MC I can think of who I used to listen to a lot would probably be like Cube. Cube. Uh, and I'm, I'm not even going to sit up here and pretend like I'm like a diehard Ice Cube fan. I fuck with Cube. Uh-huh. But just like his earlier stuff, like the Jackin' for Beats and... Um, Man, what's the nothing going on but the bomb ass rap? Can't remember the name of that song right now. But just like, you know, today was a good day. Like all the earlier Cube stuff, man, just used to just like, all as soon as I heard it, it just like resonated with me for some reason. I just just bumped whatever whatever new Cube was out. I was listening to it. Um, so Cube for sure is one of my earliest like memories of MC that I listened to consistently. So yeah, I, I didn't get into rap until. Later on in the mid '90s, towards the later, of, moms didn't play that. I was into to whatever on the radio, like Snoop Doggy style, uh, whatever singles he had, the edited version. Oh, nigga, I I, <laughs> I I remember. Okay, like like just 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 for your you know for your people to know this is that like we're 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 family, like we're family family. Like we've grown up around each other, been around each other our whole lives, and I remember like introducing you. You and and Chris to No Limit. Remember y'all niggas came out and then I, I was when I first got like Mystical's album, I think. Yeah, we well, you know shit. You put me on the <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's when I first got the that Mystical album, um, and that was like that was it. Like you niggas, like what is this? And I was like, it's that new Mystical. And then nigga, from then on out, y'all niggas start buying more No Limit albums than I had. Like yeah. every time I saw y'all, nigga, y'all had a new No Limit tape. Yeah, because we had mom censor us, and <laughs> we had to listen to what she has to say. We all listened to Crisscross Jump and, <laughs> and two, uh, two boys walking yeah. around the house singing Shoot by Salt and Pepper, because <laughs> that's what we had to <laughs> I don't, um, I'm not supposed to learn know all the lyrics to Shoot, but I do, because of my mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but that's, that's, that's how it is. See, my, my mom's, man, she... She listened, I mean, not gonna be wrong, she listened to all, all the clean version, but she listened to everything. I mean, yeah, she preferred the clean version, but she didn't really didn't care too much. But I mean, she had everything playing throughout the house. Like, you know, if, in, in, you know, if they had a good beat, 
mom didn't mind listening to it. And if she couldn't find a clean version, she would still listen to it. So, I mean, she had no problem. And then, plus, you know, I was around, uh, I had older cousins living there in my house. So, like, rail and truck, like, rail, truck, Shay, like, you know, like, they was bumping, you know, they, they introduced me to East Coast hip-hop. So, they was bumping EPMD, Beastie Boys, Beastie Boys LL. like, LL, Redman, like, they was listening to all of that. So, I got introduced through that, through them. So, like I said, my cousin was bumping all the explicit music in the house. So it was only a matter of time for it. it you know, once I, I, I got old enough to kind of go walk, go to a tape store myself or go to a record store and buy my own shit, yeah. and of course, yeah, I'm like hopping all explicit shit. Yeah, my mom tried it because she wanted me to watch the, snook, the salt and pepper, and she tried to do it with the brat, and she got rude awakening when the <laughs> edit version was so, so functified. She bought the tape, yeah, and the explicit said so... Fucking functified. She said, uh-uh, give it to your uncle. You don't listen to this shit no more. <laughs> so I said, all right. Oh, okay, let me ask you this. What was the first album you bought? You remember? I don't even remember. First. I think the first album I bought probably was a Mexico album. Or uh, I can remember my next collection. Like, like, far as my money-wise, I had my own money. I yeah. think the first album I bought was DMX, Flesh My Flesh. Okay. Okay. I think the first album that I actually spent my own money on was uh was Biggie, Life After Death. Yo. That was the first month, that was the first thing I can remember going to a store. And that was a double disc, so that shit was like 25 fucking dollars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I learned a lot, a lot of music from you, but I got a lot of music. Shout out Tower Records. Tower Records <laughs> put me on to a lot of music because I know if I can take that shit back. Yeah. Was it two weeks? Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks. Two you weeks. You don't like that shit? Take it back. We used to do that shit like a motherfucker. We would go, we would, we would go get an album, bump it tough, nonstop for a week. Yep. And after that week, if we didn't fuck with it, we go take it back and we get something else. And most of the time, we took that shit back. Most of the time, <laughs> most of the time, we uh, took it back. I took that little Kim back got too short. I took... That Kim was trash. Yeah. I, remember, I remember that. I ended up taking my my copy back too. That, that was that little Bella Mafia, I think. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's what that was. Yep. Oh, oh no, for me. No, I'm thinking of... Uh, hardcore? Think, no, not hardcore. Notorious Kim. Notorious K-I-M. I think it was that one that I took back. Okay. Because that was... That that was that, that album was... I wasn't feeling it. I mean, it had about like three, four songs on it that was cool. But overall, like, yeah, no, I couldn't keep this shit. Yeah, no, uh, so when the 90s rap, that No Limit shit you put me on, I was a big mystical fan. I wasn't really a No Limit fan. I was a No Limit fan. No. The thing was... But that was more a mystical yeah, fan. Yeah, because I remember all the albums, like, you'd be like, oh, it's, they got a song feature in mystical? I'm going to buy that whole album. Yeah. Was, just hear that like, one like, song feature in mystical. Yeah, because I bought the fucking uh, Prime Suspects. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. I fucking bought their Prime Suspect album. And didn't, who, what, didn't one of y'all have the Gambino family album, too? Was it Chris that bought that one? They had mystical on it. Had, I was like, yeah. Like, like, these niggas bought Cain and Abel, nigga, Mr. Servon, like, nigga, with... Whenever y'all saw featuring Mystical, nigga, y'all bumped it. Yeah. Bumped Which was damn near every album. Because yeah. P.P. knew that was his hottest artist, nigga, so he put that nigga on everybody's album. Yeah. Smart move. That was a, uh, <laughs> there was a lot of albums such as that. Uh, Servon, I don't know why that. And then uh, Prime Suspects. The one of the best no limit albums to me was See uh, Murder, the first one. I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. Outside of Mystical's Unpredictable, C Murder's album is the, is the best album on No Limit. 
That life or death? Yeah, yeah. Damn, I, 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 that is the best album on No Limit. I, you ever I go back and listen to the ad libs on, on uh, Kick Dope? Yes. And you hear P screaming through the whole yes. thing? Honey, what? <laughs> Honey, what? Yes, throughout the whole thing. Yes. And he's not even on the song. No. He screams through, every, through, through UGK's bars, through, through C Murder's bars. Like, he is ad libbing everybody for no reason. But the best No Limit. I would say compilation album of all time was Silk Church of the Game. I don't. That's a compilation album for sure. <laughs> I don't count that as. A, That's a compilation album for sure. Cause he 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 could not hold an album by himself. Let's be let's be honest here, man. That album had every, somebody on every song essentially, yeah. and yeah. But that hey, it worked because that the album was pretty good. And shout out and shout out to Silk for being like one of the first niggas to to work with Destiny Child. Remember, he had the, his first single was a nigga before anybody knew who they was. That people always talking about your hustler. Like, nigga, that's Beyonce on there singing that, nigga. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, nigga. I about to say some no, no, no type of shit. No, bro. That's Beyonce on there, bro. Oh, Beyonce was hood back then? <laughs> and then she, she, she from Houston, Texas, nigga. Oh, nigga, she, nigga, she did a song with the uh, with the Ghetto Boys. Remember that gangsta put me down? Oh, that yeah. shit? That was, that, was, that was Beyonce on that hook, too. Oh shit! I even know that. Yeah. About that. <laughs> go, 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 go! They got videos for both of those songs, and Destiny's Child is in both of those videos, bro. Go to YouTube, look that up. That shit, that shit, that shit. Yeah, Destiny's Child was with the shit. They was yeah. fucking with a lot, with a lot of like, with a lot of hardcore hip hop niggas, man. Before you know, they they went pop and blew up, but they put they put they dudes in. They put they dudes in. Shit, remember they they, they came and they performed in West Oakland before before they got popping. At Mac. Oh shit. Yeah. Like 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 on everything, nigga. It was them and Jagged Edge, nigga. Came to back before anybody knew who they was, nigga, they came to Mac. To the gymnasium, nigga, and performed. <laughs> <laughs> back in the back in the mid nineties, bro. That was like well, summer jam here, huh? Yeah, bruh. But that's what I'm saying, like they didn't they didn't really they this was before I think this was right when No 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 first dropped. And it wasn't really, you know what I mean? Like, nobody really knew what it was. They were just like, oh, shit, it's some girls with a song with Wycliffe. That's what it was. Nobody knew who they was. You know, they had to make their rounds, get their name out, get the promo out. And, yeah, they came they came and performed that Mac. Yeah. Yeah, the 90s, yeah, the 90s, 90s hip-hop and shit, bro, that shit. We both West Coast people, but I don't think we really fuck with the West Coast like that. Um, yeah, I was just about, I, I, I was, that's what gave my, my, my next point. Yeah, like, we, we are both from the Bay, born and raised. But I mean, but yeah, we mostly listen to Southern and East Coast hip hop, and and you know, I it was some a <laughs> couple of Bay people like three times, and then and Messy Marv in that San Quentin Explosive Mode CD. Yeah, oh yeah, which yeah. is which, which is a classic. Which yeah, a classic. You know, oh, you got to throw an E forty, but that's that's everybody knew about E forty. I mean, but you know what what it, what it is for me, bro, is I just don't think because you know the Bay the Bay Area man are prior to the the hyphy movement. Like our primary, our primary music genre was mob music. Yeah. So it was all about mobbing, mob type shit. Well, and that shit just—I mean, I fuck with that music to a certain degree, but I could never resonate with it. Cause I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a nerd, square, whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. But I could never really just like be like, all right, nigga, yeah, I, like this shit, like you know what I mean? Like I can just just bump the shit all day, and cause it just never. I, I didn't live that lifestyle, so it, it never really got got me like that. I mean, you know, some of it was cool, but overall, that's, it just that's, wasn't me. And that's how uh, 
I thought I relate to it more towards uh, the first CD I bought, knowing was DMX, Put My Flesh. Because all that shit you were talking about, you didn't have nothing to do with no mobbing. Yeah. Slipping, yeah. ain't got nothing to do with no mobbing. Yeah. Everybody, you know, so, slipping and falling, everybody can lick that motherfucker. So. Yeah. I mean, a, 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 a lot of shit, a lot of shit with the East Coast rappers, man, is what, is what, you know, their content, and not to say, you know, not to say they better or, you know what I'm saying, than, than well, whatever, kind of just, it's what resonates with me, what, what what hits me. Like when Nas, when Nas made If I Ruled the World. Yeah. Like that shit nigga instantly. As soon as I heard that shit, first nigga off the friend sample, uh-huh. like was was already just 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 hit me. But nigga, just the fact that nigga, like niggas really talking about, all right, nigga, if I ruled the world, if I could do this, if I could do that, it's like that, that type of shit more so about having an imagination, which yeah. is what I've always had a huge imagination, like that type of shit. If you was also shit like that. Which a lot of New York MCs were like them niggas, like big, you know, they tell all these like fantasy type stories and shit, bro, about what if and all these shit, and like that shit hit. And but then you got on the other side, you got niggas like X, which is like nigga, this is like hardcore motivation, get it out the mud, like nigga, you can be anything you want to be. Like look at me, nigga, I didn't did this, 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 and this, and there, here I am here. And, yeah, you know, I'm on that uh, storytelling uh, rap. Yeah, storytelling. That's what it is. Storytelling. <laughs> and, I, and not to say, and not to say that bad niggas can't storytell because we know that's true. Because E40 done made some nigga my favorite storytelling songs. Some things will never change. This oh, way it is. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying him, 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 and Short. Yeah. I mean, shit, man. I can, and you know, Short was nasty. So of course, yeah. Parents didn't want to fuck with that man. When I first heard. Um, Freaky Tales for the first time? Dog. I started that shit over so many fucking times. Because I was like, this nigga is really, really just got nigga a whole song nigga with stories about nigga just random brawls and fucking like. I never, like I said, it was the storytelling element of it all. It wasn't even about the content. She was like, the nigga told the story so well. Like, nigga, let, let me run that back. I've always been into storytelling rap, and I think that's why we gravitate. You know the good storyteller rapper when he first started, mm. and then nobody really gave him that much credit was Exhibit. Starting off, yes. Yeah. Starting off, yes. That, that would you see what you're getting at? Would you see what you're getting at? And that video when he walking around all yep. that shit. That one shot where he's walking around the neighborhood. And then, and then paparazzi too. Yep. Yep. And you know who else was a great storyteller? Alcoholic and doing all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> He didn't even an alcoholic and start fixing people's cars and shit, nigga, and change the fuck up. Yeah. But you know who else don't get enough storytelling credit, bro? Yuck Mouth. Yes. Like, I mean, Yuck Mouth is, everybody knows Yuck Mouth from, from I Got Five on it, which is one of the most famous rap songs ever. ever. But that nigga's storytelling ability, yes. like, was just outer worldly. Like yeah, I was duck, uh, what's it called? Thugged Out. Thugged Out. The Abolation. Yeah. And that yeah. song. You want you want to know Yuck Mouth? Listen to, you love to hate. Yeah. You want to know Yuck Mouth? You love to hate. You love to hate. Like that's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he had revelations. He, he had a few. Oh, ballers feud. Because ballers feud. I might just because ballers feud. If you go back, ballers feud. Was his was nigga his his beef with him and Too Short like his yeah. Yeah, that verse was about him but, and Too but, Short. Yeah, but he had but beef with everybody though. Yeah, he did. Too Short, Master P. Yeah, Too Short, Master P, and I think Rapid Fote he was beefing with at the time. <laughs> I think he even went beefing with Drew Down for a minute. No, him and Drew was cool. Oh, okay. I mean that that, that was the, his connection with the other niggas kind of why he was like I nigga I, only reason I'm not going as hard at y'all as I should be is because like we all fuck with Drew. Yeah. 
Cause like like on 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 kills on the payroll. Nigga talking about Fote. Like you know who? That nigga got a perm like Drew. Burnt like two. Remember when he performed for you? That nigga yeah. Nah, he 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 fucked with Drew. That nigga just didn't fuck with the other niggas. But even still though, man, like storytelling rap in the nineties, man, that shit. That shit was big. I think that was the, one of the, or what people considered the downfall once it went over to the 2000s because people lost the art of storytelling. And that was just something that just wasn't, wasn't big. Like Outkast, I mean, them niggas literally had a song called Art of Storytelling. Them niggas was fantastic motherfucking storytellers. Oh, that, that verse on Elevators, Andre 2000 is like, man. That verse, you know, bro. Your feet, somebody's beating you. We neck to neck, man. And I'll get my check. Bro, that elevators verse, bro, that that, sh- that shit changed my life. Like I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like that was one of the first times that I heard a song and really was like, yo, this is this is how you fucking tell a story. From the beginning, like nigga, we on the Martin, and nigga, we on the train, like nigga, yeah. we in the we in the basement, nigga, trying to write these raps. Then to the point where all right, nigga, I'm getting money now, sorta. But now niggas think I'm richer than what I am. And it's like, nah, nigga, I'm still on my journey. And you just got to, like, give me some space so I can still keep going. Like, just that whole sequence of how... That's why that's why Three Stacks, I'm going to fuck what people say, nigga. He ain't never came out with a solo album. So I'm going to fuck. That's why I think it's one of the best lyricists ever. Because even back then, from 90, what was that, 95, 96 or whatever, till now. Yeah. Like that nigga, his lyricism and his storytelling ability has always been A1. Yep, sure has. So, but I mean, but the 90s, man, that was the best era of hip-hop, man, whether people want to believe it or not, or people, people don't care. I know, I know, like, y'all, y'all, y'all niggas is old, that's why y'all saying that, but it's like, you just, you just had so much to choose from. Like, it was, it was just, you didn't, you, you know, right now, it's and like. And everybody sound different. Yeah. Yeah. You got Rough Riders that sound different, Locks sound different, Dragon sound different. Everybody, sound and everybody's either. camp yeah. would sound different. As opposed to just being like, you know, everybody sound the fucking same and then you just got to pick which group, which faction you like the most based off popularity. Yeah. But it's like, nah, like you said, everybody in Rough Riders sounded different. Everybody in fucking uh, Rockefeller sounded yeah. different. Yeah. Jay didn't sound like Beans. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, Beans didn't sound like me. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, 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 it's just everybody sounded fucking different. And then you go, you can go to, to Death Row. Pac didn't sound like Snoop. Snoop didn't sound like Pac. Dog Pound didn't sound like the like you know what I mean like everybody yeah. just everybody had their own lane and they made it work and that was like the beauty of ninety shit man is that you had all of that bad boy big didn't sound like Mace who didn't sound like Locks when they were the owner at the time like you know what I mean like everybody everybody had their own lane man and made their own moves so and it just made for like a beautiful era I mean unfortunately niggas just didn't understand the business back then, so they let, like, petty beefs kind of fuck up shit. Yeah, back then, you get talked about if you sound like somebody. Yeah. Because I even went that when, uh, when Shine came out. Oh, man. And they was like, oh, this nigga sounded like, even though that song was a hit with Barry, yeah. that bad boy. Bad boy, the song. Yeah. That song was a, was a bona fide hit, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, nigga, you sound like Biggie, nigga, so go fuck yourself. Yeah. That's, 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 that's what it was. It's like, you, you, biting was like, not, it was frowned upon in the nineties. Not acceptable at all. At all. I said the only reason he he really got away with it is because Big was dead. Yeah. So like people was kind of looking like just like all right, man, whatever we can kind of hold on to Big memory with, we'll we'll accept it, but we don't like it. Yeah. But nigga, if you, if Big was alive, and he was rapping like that. I, like, I remember that shit when he, when Lil Zane came out and he was like, 
people say I look like Pac. I say I think that's a, that's a good thing. You're like, nah, bro, we telling you, man, you sound like somebody else. Yeah, they like, bro, get, get, get your own shit, get your own wave. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, well, now it's like, niggas, you literally hit, everybody's trying to sound like Migos or in that kind of that kind of lane or some shit like that, man. It's like, and, it, and it's just cool. Everybody just accepts it. Like, it ain't no problem. It's just, it just is what it is. Back then, like, nah, nigga, you got to sound original. You got to sound like yourself. Like, them niggas was beefing over that shit. Because, nigga, Biggie and Raekwon was beefing at one point because motherfuckers were like, hey, y'all sound like. And so they started beefing with each other over that because they was like, oh, that nigga, he sound like me. The other nigga, like, no, he sound like me. And it's like, no, nah, I mean, you know, they was on their own hype. They just happened to kind of just, you know, rap about the same shit to a certain degree. But, yeah, that caused, like, a real rift between them niggas over there, over, like, niggas sounding like me. Where now it's like, that shit just cool. Hey, listen to it now. I don't know. I kind of probably on uh unpopular opinion right now. I don't feel like that Fuji's album is should be at the top where it is now. And I am going to totally agree with you because I felt like that back then when it dropped, nigga. Because now, but people was like, "That's one of the best hip hop albums of all time," mm. and I'm mm. looking like that's still the long hill, like. A lot. One of them songs was was, was that uh, "Killing Me Softly" yeah. wasn't at all a hip hop song. Nope. Nope. I mean, I will say this: that's one of the commercially best hip hop albums. Just, yeah. just, just because the type of songs it had on there, like everybody could gravitate to them. Like it didn't matter what coast she was from, what race she was, everybody could fuck with that "Killing Me Softly" or the "Ready or Not." Or Fuji Live, like you know what I'm saying? It was just it was universal, but just in terms of just like lyrics, t- topics, and subject, like nah, that shit is not one of the best albums ever. In in my opinion, I, and, I, and, I, and back I'm in the ninety, that was a lot of the shit too. Where if your single, if your single was great, people would think your whole album was great, and that's when and that's how they got a lot of money sales from that shit. Yeah, if your album, if your the song you put out was trash. You know, you might put the wrong shit out, and then the CD come out, like, oh, I, I fuck with them. I didn't even know. I didn't like that one shit. Because, you know, it's always that one person who just like, I got money today. I'm about to go buy this shit. Yeah. Tower Records. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, that's one song. It got hella weak. Yeah. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yep. Yeah. Your, yeah. Your, 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 your single will be the whole basis of your career, essentially. Whether or not you, I mean, but, you know, yeah, cause if you had a hot, like you said, if you had a hot single, people go buy your album, and it's, your album dope, cool. But if you have a hot single, your album trash, nigga, like, this nigga ain't never fooling me again. So yeah. I'm never going to buy any more music from this nigga ever again. Ever again. But, you know, this, the, the single game back then was so was so dope. And, to, and for me, because of, like, that was my way of finding out about people. Because, you know, nigga would just sit there and watch Rap City. Rap City all fucking day. All day. Rap City all fucking day. Anytime I, I get home from school... Boom. I'm telling that Rap City real quick. See, see who they got in the basement. See what new song, what new videos they got playing. And I got introduced to a lot of shit that I never would have heard of had it not been for Rap City. And it made me fuck with a lot. Like, I, shit, I want to say I saw it, High and if you was on in Rap a, City. And if you was in the Oakland Bay Area, you, you got to learn to the, the box. The box, <laughs> you pick out some shit on the box. <laughs> yes. The box, which is the jukebox. The channel is called the jukebox in like the late 80s, early 90s. And they wanted to be more hip with the shit, just called it the box. And then it was like, yeah, that was the our way to see videos and hear music from other regions and shit was, was from the box. So, I mean, that put me on to a lot of shit, man. 
That put me onto a lot of shit. Like I said, I'm pretty sure I saw Juvenile High on Rap City. I believe that's where the first time I saw that film in. And after that, I was... I mean, we know we, we know what 400 Degrees did as an album. Yeah. We know what 400 Degrees. I think, I think that, that album blossomed late, though. It did. It blossomed it late. Did. It did. It, it blossomed. Because truthfully, it didn't blossom until he came out with the deluxe album that had Jay-Z on the remix. Because everybody's like, you know, oh, shit. If Jay-Z is fucking with this random dude from, you know, Louisiana, then he must be hot. Like, like I ain't gonna lie, them, them singles, uh, How was good, uh, Back That Ass Up was really caught, like, the world videos, and I ain't gonna lie, I was not feeling that, was that, you're not gonna ride with me, and he had that, that was his single, he had a video for that shit. I mean, I ain't gonna lie, I, I didn't fuck with that song when I first heard it, but it hella grew on me later on. I get but, it hella but that, grew. But that was that was one of them. them that, was, that was one of them albums that the whole album basically slapped. But you really wouldn't know unless you bought that album. True. True. Because, because four hundred degrees and juvenile on fire and shit. Yeah, that shit's fire. Yeah, <laughs> that fire. and that was, was that was that rich niggas. Rich niggas, and that's the thing. The the best song on there, which is to me. One of the greatest rap songs ever made is 400 Degrees of Song. That wasn't even a fucking single. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But that's just how hard that shit was. Like, yeah. like your your greatest song, like the best song that nigga ever did, probably the best beat Manny Fresh ever produced, was not even a fucking single. And again, again and it couldn't be a single because it didn't have a hook. Yeah. It didn't need a hook, but it was like, you, that was the thing. You couldn't, you couldn't put out no fucking single if it didn't have no hook. You can do that shit now. Niggas put out singles and shit, like, where niggas just rapping straight through with nothing. And it was, hard, it, it was hard to get on the 90s because it was, it was like so many people got so much talent. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's all over the place of talent. So you listen to here, you listen to here, listen to here, and you're really not sticking on people. Yeah. The cold part about the 90s shit is a lot of people calling him the GOAT today. This nigga didn't get popular until after the 90s. Jay-Z. Facts. He wasn't, he wasn't making no big Facts. money in the 90s. He wasn't on the top of the billboards. He got a few singles and everything, but, his, his, you know, it was too much shit going around. Facts. I mean, you had, you, you, had, you had way too many options, bro. Yeah. And after, and, and he was he just, he lightweight was kind of the last man standing through that 90s era. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong, Nas was one of my, my favorite MCs still to this day. Like, Nas just wasn't putting out material consistently. So then, but Nas hits was better better than than the whole hits in the nineties. I agree, I totally agree with that. That nigga just he just he just went like Nas was putting out albums like every three years. Yeah. Hove dropped something every year for like the first I don't know what was it 10, 15 years of his career he dropped an album every year, and if he what you know on top of dropping an album every year he would try to be featured on somebody's show. He was doing songs with Biggie, he was doing songs with um. Uh, some other artists he was fucking with too at the same time, but he was he was he was getting his fucking face out there, and like you said, but it wasn't until after the nineties, really, where everybody was kind of everybody was kind of done then. I mean, unfortunately, we lost Big and Pac. Yeah, Snoop was kind of transitioning more into media, so I mean, like like Snoop wasn't really Snoop no more. Like, you know, he wasn't Snoop Dogg no more. Like Snoop Doggy Dog. I'm sorry, he wasn't Snoop Doggy Dog no more. He was Snoop Dogg. Yeah. He was trans, you know, he was more so being the TV nigga, the funny nigga, whatever, whatever, like all that. I mean, he could still rap, but I mean, just people wasn't looking at him as solely as just Snoop the rapper no more. 
Uh, Wu Tang, they they buzz was starting to kind of. I mean, Wu Tang will always have their cult fan base, but just mainstream wise, they buzz was like dying down. And then just from that that nineties era of lyricism and shit, like Ho was the only nigga who was still doing it on a consistent level, and that shit just like took off of that nigga. You know what? You say that. People don't know, cause I didn't even know until he said it himself. He was like, "I gave you a, a I gave you an album every year." Yeah. Ten straight summers. Yeah. I'm like, damn, he put out something every year, and yeah. I didn't even I didn't even know. So like, I need, was I need it that. was it that trash, or did you just I'm listening to all this shit? It was just that's, that's the thing, bro. It was just so much so much shit to listen to. Like, no, we was fucking with that nigga albums. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, every one of his albums wasn't a hit. So I'm not gonna lie to you. Jay Z's my favorite rapper of all time, but every album is not a hit. <clears throat> but he was dropping fire shit, but he was just like, nigga, I, we, you listen to that shit for a couple of weeks, nigga, and then something else would be out right right then, nigga. Right then. Right, right then. Because you had ev- everybody was dropping from every different region. So it was like, all right, nigga, I got, I got, I, I got Hove album, Hove album slapped, but oh shit, the new Outkast album been dropped. And then oh shit, the new, the new DMX album been dropped. Oh shit, the new Mystical album been dropped. Like, you know, it was just always fucking something here to like you know what i mean to just to just jump on and it was just like people fucked with him but it just it just wasn't so it just wasn't so prevalent that he was just really that consistent at that time I remember he was doing soundtracks too he was on like like ain't no nigga was on like the nutty professor soundtrack and uh can i get a what what is on, I, uh, rush hour that's on the rush hour that's what i'm saying bro yeah. like he he was always into like jay-z's consistency bro throughout the 90s leading to the 2000s was fucking crazy, but and that's why that's why he that's why he is who he is today. He just, he kept doing it. Nigga just he literally never stopped. He yeah. never fucking stopped. And, and you know, and we know who his who his one of his biggest influences is is short. Another nigga who was putting out material consistently. Consistently, consistently. Consistently. Whether whether you fuck with him or not, however you feel is however you feel, but you gotta get that man his respect. About a week ago. I, that's what I'm saying, nigga. Jay Z hit up too short, nigga, for a feature. Yep. Like, like my, like my, like my, my, my fucking, my fuckers on real. Like D Nice, D Nice. Like doing that, doing that too short E40 battle. See D Nice like posting up in the chat. He was like, I totally forgot. I was the first MC for East Coast to uh, to reach out to Short, and D Nice was popping with that. My name is D Nice shit back in the nineties. Yeah. And he reached out to Short. Yep. So I mean, yeah, you know I mean, like. The 90s was just, it was a great fucking era, B. I got to get back to the baby, but we need to we need, we need to finish this. Part one of the 90s rap. See you for part two. We out of here. Is it?